As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Uh, it's great to be with you all today, whether you're joining online or in Cambridge or whether you're here in the room. And I get the real joy of speaking about my namesake in the Bible. You might have noticed that I'm called Martha and I'm speaking today about Martha and her sister Mary. Uh, and people do often find it amusing that I'm called Martha because I love to be in the kitchen. I'd be there all day if I could. I love cooking and baking. I love feeding people and having people over. So my parents did a pretty good job of naming me. And lockdown was great for me um, in some ways because it meant I got more time to, to cook. And with restaurants not open, it was kind of all we could do to eat. So I used the time to practice some cooking. Um, when the takeaways were shut, I decided to try some takeaway food that I've never done before. Uh, I tried fried chicken and curry and stuffed crust pizza. That was a good one. Although not everything went quite right. Uh, I had a bit of an issue with some caramel sauce. There's a picture here where I ended up pouring it all over my hot hob. Uh, and that was several hours, maybe like four or five hours of scrubbing it off. Um, so I don't recommend doing that one. But even when the cooking went right, even when it was absolutely perfect, I kind of missed the best element, the, the being able to eat with others, the being able to share food with others and having people over to enjoy the good food. And not being able to eat with others during lockdown really reminded me of actually what, how great it is that we get to do ordinary everyday life with people, including showing them burnt caramel pictures. So as soon as possible, back in April, when we were allowed to meet outside in groups of sixes, there I was, like maybe some of you were doing this too, trying to picnic uh, in the outside, freezing cold April weather. And even May was pretty cold. I've got a picture here of my family and I at Rutland. Um, we were under many layers <laughs> and blankets, but we were just so desperate to see each other again after so long. So we tried to pretend that we weren't freezing cold and tried to pretend we were having a nice sun day. I wonder where you're at this morning. Maybe you're like me and you're desperate to see people again and willing to put up with freezing cold temperatures to do it. Or maybe you're on the more cautious side. Maybe you find it quite concerning the case numbers at the moment. Maybe there's a health issue that you have to be more cautious about COVID because of. But wherever we're coming from this morning, I really believe that God has something to say to us about this area of hospitality and that this story of Mary and Martha has something to teach us all today. So our passage that we had earlier um, talks about Martha and her sister Mary, and we know from elsewhere in the Gospels that they had a brother Lazarus. And from the few times that they're mentioned in the Gospel, it seems that Jesus used their home as a place of rest and recuperation. This wasn't the only visit Jesus had to their house, and it seems like it wasn't the first, and it definitely wasn't the last. So from our passage, we can see that Jesus felt at home and he knew he could come and relax there. 
In fact, if they had an Airbnb in first century Israel, they would have been super hosts with a five-star rating. And yet in Luke 10, Jesus comes to visit and the sisters take two very different approaches to hospitality. Martha focuses on all the practical preparations needed to be able to feed Jesus and his 12 disciples and whoever else might have been there with them. Whereas Mary sets aside those things, sets aside the to-do list, and takes some time to sit at the feet of Jesus. And Martha, in her frustration, she's in the kitchen, losing it, losing her peace. She comes out and she demands, Jesus, tell my sister to help me. And Jesus tells her probably what she wasn't wanting to hear. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. So we can learn today from Martha's heart for hospitality, but we also need to learn from Mary's passion for Jesus and for not forgetting the real reason for our hospitality, the person sat right in front of her. So today we're firstly going to look at why we should practice hospitality, and then secondly, Sheila is going to come up and unpack how should we practice hospitality. So why practice hospitality? Maybe for some of us, when you hear that word, hospitality, it it might not conjure up positive images. It might conjure up mountains of washing up, and you just think, oh, that's going to take ages to finish. It might make you think of hours of having to cook and prep, or it might make you think of that rush as you like run around the house trying to hide all your mess in cupboards. We've all got that um, experience, haven't we? And we're going to come on to why it doesn't always need to be like that. But also, hospitality is because of our love for Jesus. We practice hospitality because of our love for Jesus. Luke doesn't explicitly tell us why Martha and Mary opened up his home to Jesus in this passage. We just read, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. All other translations say that Martha welcomed him into her home. And because of her and Mary's familiarity, as I said earlier, it seems that this wasn't the first visit Jesus had to their home. So why welcome him in? Why do they open up their home? Well, it's probably a better question to ask, why wouldn't you open up your home to Jesus? Why wouldn't you want to have this man under your roof, the man who had authority to forgive sins, the man who people like Mary and Martha were realizing, even before he went to the cross, was someone incredible. He performed healings and miracles. He promised to bring life to the full and he brought light to the darkness. People that were in his presence went away feeling loved and valued and cared for and known. Why wouldn't you want to have this man under your roof? Martha opened her home to Jesus because she loved him. She wanted to serve him and worship him with her home. And like Martha, we open up our home to Jesus because we love him. We do this as part of our worship to him. We offer our homes to him. You see, when we love Jesus, we open up every part of our lives to him. We, we open up all of it. We open up our decisions. We open up our time. We open up our wallets. We open up our relationships. We invite him to come and be Lord in all those areas. And we open up our homes. Of course, Martha, in her desire to serve Jesus, ended up getting a bit too focused on all the practical things it needed doing on her long to-do list. Whereas Mary took the better approach and focused on the person who was sat in her living room and didn't get distracted by all the things it needed doing. Maybe Martha got sidetracked from her love for Jesus in trying to outdo herself or impress him. But you might be thinking, we don't have Jesus physically walking on the earth today to invite into our homes, so how do we welcome him in? 
Well, Matthew 25 can help with that. Uh, it says uh, that whenever we show hospitality to the least of these brothers and sisters, we do it for Jesus. So we welcome Jesus in by welcoming in his people. Our love for Jesus overflows into love for people. How incredible that when we welcome Jesus into our homes, we're welcome in, when we welcome people into our homes, we're welcome Jesus in. When we give people a nice meal, we're doing it for Jesus. When we make people feel loved and valued and cared for, we're doing that to Jesus. How incredible that Jesus is ministered to by us. At its core, hospitality is about expressing God's love in practical ways. It's about showing people how loved they are. Being with people around the table was Jesus' method of connecting with them. He showed that he cared by spending time with people, by enjoying food with them, by being in their everyday lives. And we can show people how valuable they are to Jesus by practicing hospitality. After 16 months of the pandemic and having to look out for ourselves and stay in our own households, we have a great opportunity to look out and to look and see how we can bless people and how we can grow in hospitality. Who would be really blessed and refreshed by sitting at your table this week? Who's grieving? Who's been caring for others? Who's still on the front line? Who's lonely because loneliness should never be the norm in our church? Who just needs some good conversation? Who's new to the city? On the day of the Euro finals after our in-person service in Cambridge, there was a new guy there who was just moved to the city and my husband John and I met him uh, and we said, have you got anyone to watch the game with tonight? He said, no, so we invited him over. Uh, we already had some people coming around for a barbecue. And he came over and actually it was people coming over were part of our life group, so he met them and he was like, yeah, this sounds like a cool group, we'll be part of this life group. Um, and the even more impressive thing is that he came back, he came to our life group after he'd witnessed John and I screaming at the TV during penalties. He actually came back and is still around and we've really enjoyed having him come into our life group and I just love that we were already being able to host that night, we just invited him along, it was no more extra effort for us and he's been able to find a whole new group of friends straight after moving to the city and we've got the joy of getting him in our group. Because this is a biblical principle that as we give out, we receive back from God, he pours back into us all the grace and everything that we need. I love this verse in Proverbs 11:25. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will themselves be refreshed. Mary and Martha's home was a place of refreshing to Jesus. And we too are called to be a people who refresh others. I long for my home to be a place where people can come and be refreshed. John and I want to make sure that hospitality and, and honouring Jesus with our home is at the centre of all the decisions that we make, big and small. It's really important to us, and God's given us a specific vision of what we're supposed to do with our home. We actually recently bought a house, um, and we've been prioritising using the house to bless people. On the day we moved in, our first priority, and really recommend doing this, is to go in and pray over the house, and to pray that it would be a space where people come and experience Jesus. And then my second priority was to get the tape measure out and to go and measure the kitchen diner to see just how big a table I could cram into that space. And, and so we have got the biggest possible table that we can still have while still using the kitchen um, <laughs> to make sure we can have as many people over as possible. And we've only been in the house for about five weeks or so, but we've already been able to enjoy so many wonderful meals with people and go deeper in our friendship with them. 
We've had people come that have been carrying pain, maybe from the last year or maybe beyond. And hopefully as they've come and shared and had some quality feeding, um, they've hopefully walked out feeling a little more whole and a little lighter. We've had um, students that have graduated from Cambridge University come and celebrate with us in our garden. That was great. We had some Greek meze. Um, we've been able to have our life group over. We've had friends who don't have a garden um, come and on the sunny days particularly come and get their sunshine and their vitamin D. And I love it when people remember our gate code and can just let themselves in. And that's just a policy I have. Once you remember the gate code, then you can just come whenever. There's been times when it would have been easier to keep our home for ourselves. There's plenty of DIY projects to be getting on with as well. But we know that this house is a gift to be shared with others. We know that this house is not something we can keep to ourselves. And it is such a privilege to partner with Jesus in bringing the love and joy and comfort and peace that comes from hospitality. The vision God wants to give you for your home today might look very different to ours. But it's so exciting when we see the blessing potential that God has placed in each of us, in our different contexts, and our different areas, and we get to partner with God in bringing his love to people. So we practice hospitality because of our love for Jesus, and that love overflows into a love for other people. Hospitality is at the intersection of generosity, blessing, gratitude, worship, and love in action. It is at the heart of the gospel and a beautiful reflection of the heart of Jesus. We are all called to this, to welcome people in, into our space, to make them feel loved and valued and cherished and known and refreshed. But the next question is, how do we practice hospitality? Why don't we welcome up Sheila as she comes to share on this question. Thank you very much and good morning to you all. <clears throat> so this account is all about Mary and Martha. And Mary was commended by Jesus because she prized time with him over everything else. She was living in the moment. While Martha became lost in the distractions of preparing food. And Jesus tells her that she's missed out. There was something better. That day, Jesus was brought into a home with underlying family tensions. He had what everyone needed, and as much as he loved good food, his heart is always to bless and spend time with people. On this occasion, instead of pausing and spending some moments with him, as Mary did, off Martha went to the kitchen, obviously annoyed with any, everyone and distracted by all she had to do. In our early years of married life, we got into the habit of dinner parties. It brought a lot of pressure to prepare new dishes, to keep ahead, and one evening, the meal was a disaster. I can remember this from 40 years ago. It was very 80s food, avocado mousse. I didn't know then that the avocados had to be ripe. And, um, and then beef olives, which some of you older people might remember. The beef was tough and it was so big, it, was, it looked a bit frightening, actually. I can't remember the dessert, so it must have been okay. Afterwards, a good friend who was also a guest asked me if the food I cooked was more important than those I had cooked for. Was our friendship not more important? Well, that was a turning point for me. 
Thereafter, we had homely suppers around the kitchen table, you know, everything and anything with mince, spag, ball, or a big lasagna, lots of bread. That old table witnessed hundreds of stories of life's challenges. Disappointments, successes, tears, hilarity, and love, and it had its fair share of stains and etchings too. A key lesson that we can learn from this passage, as we've heard before, <clears throat> is that hospitality is different from entertaining. We need to be focused on blessing and not impressing, to value spending time with people over trying to make things perfect. I believe that a grace is available for hosting, for welcoming others, and we need to ask for and receive this grace each time we invite people around our table. And this grace is for us all, and it puts would-be distractions into perspective. I do this myself, because I've learned that not all food or guests behave in the way that I might have expected. And God's grace brings us peace in place of tensions. I think Mary had already learned this from being with Jesus. Martha was faced with a big task of feeding many hungry folk, and this was the very time that she needed peace and encouragement. We're not told what these distractions were, but we can imagine lots of distractions and obstacles in our own lives, can't we? Perhaps you might say, I can't cook. Well, we don't have to. We have supermarkets everywhere where we can do last-minute shopping. You know, you can't go wrong with a pizza and salad. What's not difficult about whacking a pizza into a hot oven and opening a bag of salad? Martha tells me that in, in Cambridge, Hannah even managed to make a stir-fry in her microwave. Well done. <laughs> you might say, I don't know what to talk about. Then ask questions. Mike, my husband, does this all of the time and learns so much about people, and they feel very loved. After the usual hobbies, holidays, and jobs, ask people a bit about their family history. You know, people in this family come from all over the British Isles and all over the world, and their upbringing, their childhood is very different from ours and very interesting. People will see my home or my garden. Well, only you notice things like untidiness or oh, the bathroom should have been cleaned. Others don't, really. Or you may fear that your home is going to be messed up. But the more we get used to sharing our home with others, this will matter less and less. I like a reasonably tidy home, but it's to be used and it's to be lived in. And our family and their dogs have helped us not to be precious about it or the lawn. What about our children? Well, children learn to be open-hearted and generous in this, and they will also learn to be confident and able to converse easily, which is a great lesson for them in life. Or perhaps you say, I don't have a place to host anyone. Perhaps you're sharing a house with others who aren't keen for you to invite people around, or you're a student. Jesus was hospitable where he was, whoever home he was in. And we can be creative about the things, about the places where we host folk, maybe a um, fish and chips on the beach or a picnic in the park. 
what about the extra cost? Well, there's no rules that say we've got to make a massive meal. How about a bacon butty at breakfast or a lunchtime sandwich? Tea and scones, dessert and coffee, or just a cup of tea and a biscuit? Or we could ask everyone to bring part of a shared meal. When we have the right motivation for hospitality, to value people and to show Jesus' love, we learn to prioritise and see distractions for what they are. I think Sundays are a great time to get together with others. I know it's a good family time as well, but you know, we could plan once or twice a month to gather others into our space. Imagine the sense of belonging that would generate in others. So let's leave some space, some room for maneuverability instead of us always feeling as if we're on a tight schedule so that we can invite someone out for a coffee on spec. Let's not wait to be asked ourselves, but take the initiative, whether we're older or younger, let's just go for it. Now, there's no mention of Brother Lazarus in the kitchen in this account, but I'm glad that in the 21st century, we see gentlemen taking their place in hosting and cooking in the kitchen. In 1 Peter 4, it says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. I thought that because many people had been to our home over the years that I was pretty adept in this whole area of hospitality. I had changed. I had learned a lot. But obviously God had more to teach me and I have learned much through the lockdowns. Sometimes I've done the right things, but in the wrong way. Sounds a bit like Martha. I can love, but have I loved with real grace? Have I sometimes grumbled or other times planned too much and got stressed out? To an extent, hospitality has been on my terms when it was convenient for me. But we've got to be careful in this because this can lead to inflexibility and a dislike of being inconvenienced and spontaneous. Mike and I used to have meaningful conversations in past years when I perhaps found it <coughs> a bit over <coughs> sorry. I found it a bit overwhelming when he filled our kitchen on a Saturday morning with lots of the village lads. Mountains of toast and marmalade. Or perhaps he expected me to stretch a meal that I'd made for the two of us six ways. This was especially difficult with chops. I should have had Margaret with me then to tell me, you can do a lot with a chicken. <laughs> I just hadn't understood what a privilege and a delight it is to partner with Jesus around the table where so many good things happen. Not so long ago, I came across a prayer. I had to read it through several times and carefully because I was, before I was ready to make it my prayer. Let me read it. Father, I give my front door key to you. My house is your home. Bring whoever you want, whenever you want, into my private space this week. Jesus, I relinquish my schedule to you. My days are in your hands. Help me to welcome interruption this week as gifts from you. Since I prayed this, 
it feels like I'm experiencing new freedom in my life, which is especially welcome at a time like this. This freedom is affecting the way that I view others and the way that I use our home. But it goes far beyond that to other aspects of my life too. I believe it is a powerful prayer. Someone said, everyone wants to save the world, nobody wants to help mom do the dishes. Far from being mundane or onerous, hosting is an adventure. It brings so, many, so much variety, so many surprises. It's a significant way in which God works in our lives to bring life to others. The gospel reshapes our understanding of hospitality. Not so much like for like, that's a bit like comfortable hospitality but being generous, often to those who cannot offer anything in return. So we should offer hospitality by choosing, like Mary, the better thing. Giving people our attention and love, to not be led astray by distractions and obstacles, and to serve Jesus by serving his people from a place of grace. So let's welcome Martha back as she comes to lead us in our response. Thanks, Sheila. So I want to ask us, what would it look like today for us to follow Martha and Mary's example in hospitality? To go out today with a new heart for showing love in practical ways for people, to open our homes, to be a place where people experience Jesus. Where we learn from Martha about blessing people and where we learn from Mary by giving Jesus and the people he loves our attention and not missing the moment right in front of us. So today I'd love to end by taking some time to invite Jesus to come and be Lord in the area of our homes, to offer the front door key, as Sheila just prayed, of our homes to him, and to be open to ask him, God, how do you want to use my space? So wherever you're joining from today, whether you're online in Cambridge or in the room, why don't we stand as we respond on this? Why don't you stand with me? And we're going to actually pray that prayer all together that Sheila prayed, because I think it is just so powerful and, and radical. And if we grasped this, and if we received some extra grace today from God to be able to go out and follow Martha and Mary in their example, what a difference that would make. What a difference that would make in our church family, in our cities, wherever we're from. So if you've got something, maybe you've got phone or uh, house keys or something to like hold in your hand to dedicate to God, to represent this, this prayer as we pray, God, we're going to give you the front door keys of our home. We're going to give you our schedule. Um, just grab it for me now. If not, that's okay. Don't worry. Um, just imagine you've got house keys or something in your hand. And on the screen is the prayer that Sheila prayed. And we're going to pray this out together. Just see what God does. Okay. Father, I give my front door key to you. My house is your home. Bring whoever you want, whenever you want, into my private space this week. Jesus, I relinquish my schedule to you. My days are in your hands. Help me to welcome interruptions this week as gifts from you. Amen. Amen.